Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Attention homos and homettes. The train to the Rainbow Rewatch is officially leaving the station. Please keep your hands, feet, flip phones, and webkins inside the vehicle at all times. If you're not gay, now you are. Congratulations. Get ready in five. Four. <laughs> Did I scare you? Good. My name is Liliana. And my name is Daniel. And today on Rainbow Rewatch, we will be re-examining Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and ask the question, was this movie actually any good? Today, we will be discussing the 2010 cult classic. A film. A film. With an E accent. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Filmography. With filmography with Michael Sarah, mm-hmm. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm-hmm. I remember that because I Googled it today. Love. And Aubrey Plaza. She's in it. Oh, you know she is. She... And um, Anna Kendrick. Anna right? Kendrick. Yeah. Brie Larson. Yeah. Okay. So now that we're talking about it, star-studded. Star-studded. Absolutely. Because this was like, for 2010, these stars weren't like... Big yet. Yeah. Anna Kendrick definitely was not in Pitch Perfect oh, yet. Oh, yeah. She Because the film hadn't come out. Oh, for sure. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I know you meant that. I know you meant that. <laughs> definitely not. No one knew who any of these people were. Mm. Uh, did Parks and Rec? I don't think Parks and Rec had happened at this time. So, mm. Aubrey Plaza was like, like a no the one. The Office did, right? It's like that for era sure. was coming in. For sure. And it is possible that Parks and Rec just started. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Star Scott, Brie Larson. Okay. She's iconic. Are you kidding me? You can't take that away from her. No. Misogynist. Tell them. Tell those fucking Marvel airheads that yeah. she's the queen. Period. She is legendary. Oh, she is. And I like how her star rose, Mark Michael Sarah's star, just disappeared into the earth. And like I can't tell if it's just because he plays like mean characters or if mm-hmm. he's just a bad person, but I do not like him. Yes. He I think when he was younger he worked so well on camera because he has such like a baby face, so likable, but now he's like creepier. He's yeah, like, like Shia totally. LaBeouf, mm-hmm. who has his own slew of problems. And I'm not comparing the oh, problematic. Absolutely. No. But Shia LaBeouf now is like creepy adult face, mm-hmm. like Michael Sarah. I'm not famous anymore. Right. I'm right. not famous anymore face. Mm-hmm. Um, while on the other hand, Brie Larson. Oh my God. Iconic. She hasn't aged a day. Yeah. Okay. She looked so good in this movie. She looked very good. Very good. Very, very good. And like watching it back, I completely forgot it was her. I completely forgot most of these actors were in this movie. Yes. Which is so iconic of them. Absolutely. And there were some nobodies. Mm-hmm. But there was Chris Evans yeah. in like a nothing role. Yeah. And I wonder if him and Brie Larson like talked on the set of Avengers about this movie. Uh, 
I didn't mean, think about that until now. They had to they have. They had to have. Remember? But, yeah, TBT. Okay. But they weren't on set at the same time, probably. True. They weren't in any scenes together. True. But still, they had to go to premieres. They were in the same movie. Yeah. Ugh. You know, I heard... Because um, obviously we we know how everyone hates this hates Brie Larson because like they're misogynist, right? Um, and they like hate Captain Marvel. I always see people like taking out their anger uh, of Captain Marvel onto Brie herself. That's just so like fair. It's literally so unfair. She didn't do anything, and like Star Wars fans did the same thing with Ray and Rose. Right. And it's just like please stop immediately. Absolutely, especially because. Okay, to be fair, I haven't seen Captain Marvel. I'm admitting it right now. I did see Avengers, so mm-hmm. I know who she is. I know how she got there. But Brie Larson is like an accomplished actress. She won a fucking Oscar, I think, for The Room. Oh, I love that. Like, she's not a nobody. Yeah. So taking it out on her is like, you look like a fool. You look like an idiot. If mm-hmm. you are telling me that Brie Larson isn't a good actress. Goofy. 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 <gasps> We have to watch the Goofy movie. Uh, I complete. You know, I completely forgot that was a thing. That Rightfully. one lady with the French beret. Yes, she was my idol growing up. She was the impact. She was. She was a paradigm shift. The imprint. Okay. Okay. Do we want to get into the move? Let's do it. Give me a synopsis, baby. Okay. So Scott Pilgrim, a 22-year-old nerdy sleazebag living in Toronto. You know, I forgot it was in Canada. It is in Canada. Okay, love. Um, falls in love with a mysterious woman named Ramona. As uh, he gets to know her, he learns that he has to fight her seven evil exes, not ex-boyfriends, exes, which we will get into. Important. Important. Um, while he thinks Ramona is the prize, by the end of all these fights, he learns that the real prize is self Respect, which we have some opinions on. We have a lot of opinions, as as per usual. Because mm-hmm. we want to shove our opinions on everyone's throat. Oh, absolutely. Like the gays that we are. Right. Shove them up all over everyone's everything. The agenda. The ag- That is the agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. I have, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this movie. Same. I think while I was watching it, I was enjoying myself, but also I was very confused. Very confused. Right. I was also, there were a lot of aspects of the movie that I didn't like and I wasn't on board for. Right, right. Generally confused. Generally Mm -hmm. just confused. It was a lot. It was very mismatched. It was very like, in some scenes it felt very rushed. In some scenes it felt very, very slow. And also it's just like, there was no through line of what is reality in this movie as we were like sort of talking. Because like, do these characters have superpowers or do they not? Right. Be- is this a because like there are scenes where these characters are flying through buildings, crashing down ceilings, and then dying. Do do, do the exes die? Is that right. ever established? Right. And I think I understand what they were going for, which is like if it was in a if this was a manga, which mm-hmm. this was based off of, we wouldn't care about that. We'd right. accept that as truth because that's the art form. But when it's a film, it's just like a different art form because they set it up as like. We are in Toronto. It is 2010. Everything is normal. Like, this but, is the real world. This is the real world, but wait. You can explode into a thousand coins if you get murdered. <laughs> and, like, you can pull a katana out of your chest. Right. <laughs> and, like, run at super speed, but also they, they're in cars most of the time right. to travel. So, like, why don't they just run to their destination? Right. Why doesn't everyone have superpowers? Yeah. Why? Why is it just the men? I don't think any, except for Knives. And Roxy. And, oh, yes, and Roxy. Like, there's no, I don't know. 
and like power of music too because like there's some scenes where like okay i pointed this out there's some scenes where the band is playing and there's like magical effects but like that magic is not occurring right and then there's some scenes where those magical effects are occurring and like they're summoning like dragons and yes. like what did the band summon to fight the dragon I oh mean, it was like a giant gorilla or yeah, something or something like that and it was just like okay but why why can't you just right like what there are too many plot holes and i think when you are in the genre of film you have a lot more explaining you need to do and i think right. the movie took the easy way out of being like they'll get it yeah which and we didn't we didn't so we did we got like we understood we're not dumb we we got it mm-hmm. but a lot of the movie we were watching we were like what the fuck is happening yeah very confused very, very confused. confused would you like to hear a fun fact I, madame you know i would love that mademoiselle oh oh mon sorry oh oui oui this film, Film May, is based oh off the graphic novel Scott Pilgrim by Brian Lee O'Malley, which was in turn, I learned through Wikipedia, inspired by the Canadian band Plum Tree Song, Scott Pilgrim, and particularly the line, I've liked you for a thousand years. So I guess there was a song named Scott Pilgrim, and the guy was like, I love this song, I'm making a whole anime manga off of you this. You know, when I read the fun fact for the first time, I guess I was skimming, and I just assumed it was the other way around, mm. inspiration-wise. I just assumed the song was written about the character, Which but no sense. other way around. That's, other way around. That's really interesting. And also, what a, they just pulled the name Scott Pilgrim out of the hat, and this yeah, guy was what? like, I'm stealing that. Yeah. I'm t- it's mine now. <laughs> okay, but like, lawsuit incoming, Lawsuit. No. <laughs> For sure it is. Um, anyway, the graphic novel is a series of six novels. I think they were released from like 2004 to 2010. Um, and the movie took the overarching story of these six books for the basis of the film. Um, there are clearly a lot of aesthetic sort of inspirations that they took from the graphic novel. I mean, the whole thing is sort of in like graphic novel manga style. Right. right. Um, and, and there were some points during the movie, they had little asides, little, like, flashbacks where they actually animated it. Right. With, like, the, with, like, the pictures of the characters from the novel. So it's right. just, like, a little, like, it's like Lizzie McGuire. Yes. It'd just be a little buddy, a little baby Scott Pilgrim <laughs> on his shoulder telling him what to do. That would, that is it. It is Lizzie McGuire. True. Scott Pilgrim is Lizzie McGuire. Mm-hmm. But um, my question for you is, so they really drew on this graphic novel form and like smushed it together mm-hmm. um did you like the aesthetic of the movie it's definitely the reason why it's famous the aesthetic is 100 because like the movie's mediocre at best <laughs> if, we're, if i'm being serious it's mediocre at best it's a cult classic because it fits that like idea of like crazy highly saturated multimedia so much happening at once right. which like is iconic of course of course and like it, the movie is iconic but like uh I, I liked it i liked it as an art form i did like it i appreciate it yeah i i appreciate what they were doing and i think it was sort of ahead of its time in mm-hmm. it in that way if it came out today i think it would do numbers i think it would i mm-hmm. think people are a lot more comfortable with that like right. mixing things together um, there are sure a lot of movies, not off the top of my head, I can't think of any, but there definitely are movies that do that. Um, I found myself, like, sort of uncomfortable with it. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I think it's because, like, I'm not a video game person, mm-hmm. and it was so much, like, video game inspired. Right. 
um, that I just sort of like, I don't know, I find video games sort of like grimy. Like I think about picking... Like tacky? Nah, I guess sort of tacky. I think about like picking up an old video game console and it's just like... It's it's old. Mm-hmm. A lot of like sweaty hands <laughs> that have like Cheeto dust on it have Which touched is, it. Uh, definitely the target audience: Cheeto dust fingered men. <laughs> Which like like love, but well, also uh, hate. Relate. I relate, relate. Mm-hmm. particularly to having the Cheeto dust on my right. fingers. Licky 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 licky. <laughs> but I don't. I don't know. It it is sort of like grimy in a weird, unexplainable way. Mm-hmm. Um and. They they tried to cover. I think they tried to like cover a lot of the plot holes and mistakes and sort of like um, plot points that they just sort of like skim through right. through the style. Um, and I don't think it worked. Like that one part where he dies. Yeah. And then oh, it's a video game. I have a one up. Let me just redo it. Yeah. So like, hold up. Bring the beat back. Bring the beat back. But also when you die in a video game, it just restarts. But in this one, he went to like. A Aragabadu desert where, like, he did. There was he like, did go to he- heaven, hell, purgatory. Heaven, uh, who knows? Don't know. I Limbo. hope hell. Okay, I hope hell. Because I feel like if Scott Pilgrim had died there before he really understood what he did and how what a horrible person he was, mm-hmm. he would have gone to hell. For he sure. didn't have the chance to repent. No. Um. Okay. So going back to the whole video game thing, I do play video games and I do like. I do, I find it oddly calming. Mm. When they used, like, the um, video game soundtracks. Like, they used, like, mm. like uh, the Fairy Fountain from Zelda soundtrack. They did do that. And, like, it was very... It's just very fantastical. And, like, it makes you feel like you're going on a grand quest, almost. I, I buy d- that. I do understand why you feel that way. Because that is the connotation mm. that comes with video games in, like, our society. Because, like, that's just the type of, like person who plays them absolutely but i think the video games themselves are just like different yeah and you know what now that you mentioned that zelda part that Mm -hmm. was the part i like the best when she was like she was like on roller skates riding through the hallway of school Mm -hmm. and like that calm sort of like do 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 yeah yeah. that zelda music i like that part yeah that was the dream sequence with ramona right correct definitely that was really fairy fountain manic pixie dream girl (gasps) Okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll That's a good that. connection. Thank that you. That has just, to be on purpose. That has to be on purpose. Because I think the term Manic Pixie Dream Girl had already, which is like very archetypal Ramona Flowers, for sure, had might have been coined already. So like, if not, maybe that contributed to it. Maybe. Interesting. That's, that's an interesting culture thing. I don't know yeah. when that started. Yeah. But definitely, the video games was interesting. And um, the manga graphic novel part of it was interesting, which brings us to right. fun fact number two. Fun fact number two, um, the director, Edgar Wright, told actors not to blink during takes to mimic the feel of anime. Because, like, when you're watching an anime, like, I guess the characters don't... I mean, I do watch anime, but, like, mm-hmm. I don't pay attention to, like, their eyes. Right. But, like, maybe they're going for that big-eyed moment. Right. like, all the... Because everything in anime is big, like big breasts, big everything, big eyes. Big booty. So, big booty. It's like maybe that was is what they were going for. I um, think so. And also like in a manga, they don't show the, the right. scene where they blink. They just right. show them like with their eyes open. Yeah. But I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't. Maybe they did it so well that it wasn't noticeable but like i really don't recall anyone blinking you're or, telling like, me not that blinking. you're telling me that in a 2 hour movie 
not one person blinked. Yeah. I don't believe that. And, you know, it's really interesting because, like, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head. But there are, like, other movies and stuff where, like, the directors had really, really bizarre requests. Mm-hmm. Of, like, not to do certain things. Like, I'm pretty sure there are other movies where, like, people don't blink. Or, like, people don't, like, I don't know. Do, For sure. Do random stuff like that. Right. Like, like I'm thinking, like, The Artist. Like, mm-hmm. trying to be, like, a silent film. Like, I'm sure there were mannerisms. I shouldn't have mentioned that. I, I saw, watched the first five minutes of The Artist and was like, Wait, what is I that? can't do this. You know, it won the fucking Oscar. Oh, I don't pay attention to that. It's a, it was a silent movie made in like 2013 or something. Oh, God. Um, in like black and white about like some guy and he's an artist, I guess. I literally watched the first five minutes <laughs> and I was actors? like. the actors? I don't remember. Anyone? No, no, no one important. Okay. It was like a kind of like a artsy movie, which mm-hmm. is, of course, Oscars eat of that course, shit up. Suck that right up their booty hole. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yum. But I could not get through it, so I should not have mentioned that movie. But they <laughs> do take a lot of like, oh, there are a lot of movies where the directors are like, you have to do this. Yeah. It's my vision. Yeah. Even though the actors, I'm sure they're like, what? I have to blink. Yeah. I, my eyes will start watering. Okay, but like some of the scenes are like long. Yeah. So like, okay. How okay. did that work? But, but this brings me to another question, which is like, the... They mixed so many styles right. together to make this movie. And that's why I think it's had like a a big impact. And there actually has been like scholarly interpretations of this movie because of how it takes so many different forms of media and pushes it together. Mm-hmm. But personally, I almost didn't like that aspect of it. It was almost too much. I saw where it was coming from because it was like an, an amalgamation of like everything a teenage boy at that time would have been interested in. Yes, like there was a laugh track scene, mm-hmm. where, like which was like out of nowhere. Yeah, it was really? like sitcom, yeah. Full House. And it was only the one scene really with like where they had like uh, canned laughter and like. So I guess like a teenage boy would be interested in that video games, video games, manga, manga, superhero movies. Yeah, it was just like too much. It was like definitely very saturated, very saturated. And I I didn't read the original comic book, so I have oh, yeah, no idea. I. But I wonder if it was like also a video game sort of thing because Mm -hmm. clearly it was a graphic novel which makes the most sense in terms of like if you're going to take one piece of media and smush it together with the film it'd be the graphic novel right because that's what it was inspired by but there was like so much else going on with it right i just i don't know i found it a bit like disorienting almost yeah it's too much it reminded me that it was a movie you yeah. know, and like when you're watching a movie, you want to just be like, okay, this is the story that's happening in front of me. This is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Like you want to suspend your disbelief. But like with all the stuff that was happening, it was like distracting. It took yeah. me out of the story. Like I feel, and I think it was a crutch that the movie was using because yes. the story isn't excellent. It was really just like, I do find the concept of like seven evil exes to be like very interesting. Mm-hmm. But like none of the characters were very captivating right. except for wallace yes which we'll get into. we'll get to but they had yes absolutely they had so much to accomplish with this movie and they tried to do so much that mm-hmm. i think a lot of aspects suffered like right. the plot like like it just skipped through major points of the movie um be, i think because they were focusing so much on like establishing the style but like you mentioned earlier i do think that's part of the reason why this movie has retained like such a large appreciation mm-hmm. um like we see memes and tiktoks about yeah. this movie all Still, the time. like I just sent one to Dan earlier today. Literally. Maybe it's the algorithm listening to me talk to Dan about it. That's terrifying. Very. The TikTok algorithm, I don't, I don't want to discuss 
Right. I'm trying to crack it so badly, but it doesn't, it's not working. Um, I think I convinced it I was a Republican for a day. <laughs> uh, they were like, but, oh my God, a trans Republican? <laughs> Put on the front page. But, no, exactly. Um, but other than that, no, not no, at all. Not at all. Bit. Shall we move on to um, fun fact three? Yes, yes. Here it is. Okay. Ramona's number. So at some point she gives her phone number to Scott Pilgrim when they're like dating and, you know, he's like, for some reason has won her appreciation, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't understand. Ramona's number, which is 212-664-7665, was legally acquired by Universal Studios to be used in films. It has been used in a bunch of other movies as well, um, allowing it to avoid the 555 area code that is always used in movies, which if you're not aware, that's an area code that doesn't exist anywhere in the US. Mm-hmm. So a lot of movies use it because it's a fake phone number and you're not then... People are not going to call it and be like, oh, my God, that's Ramona's phone number. And then it's just like your Aunt Sue who, right. like, who gets a bunch of calls from, from Ramona stands. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Which I I know this is not the most interesting of fun facts, but I had to include it because during the movie, Liliana was like, that's so weird. It's not the 555 area code. Yeah, because I was like, because for that exact reason, I was like, okay, they need to use these fake numbers or like some random poor person is going to get all these calls. Aunt Sue. Exactly. So like, so yeah, I don't know why they chose like the numbers five five five. Maybe just because like, there's no area code for yeah, that. Okay, but I don't still, know, it's very interesting. Yeah, no, it's very interesting. And because I learned it in class one time, so it's just always been uh, something that I keep an eye out for. Is that why you learned yeah. it in class? Yeah, I learned it in like a communication class. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, very um, I guess. Good for Universal Studios, and I really want to call that number. Yeah. Should I call that okay, number? Okay, yeah, wait, do it. While I'm doing the next one. While I'm doing the next... Let's see how it is. Back. Let's do it. Okay, so Michael Sarah, and Mae Whitman, who plays Roxy Richter. How do you say that? I, I mean, think Richter. Okay. Um, had acted with each other once before, playing George Michael and Anne Veal in Arrested Development, where they dated. Yeah, so have you seen Arrested Development? Um, I've seen some scenes, but like I never got into it. Okay, you should watch it. I think you would actually appreciate it. I've been it. told that I like remind people of like some old lady on the show. Yes, oh my god, Lucille. Oh yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh my god, you really do. She's the one who said... It's a banana, Michael. What could it cost? Five dollars? Ten dollars? Which is literally me. <laughs> if you know me, that's literally me. No concept. You bought a six hundred dollar strawberry dress. <laughs> Oops. But it, you know what? Paid off. It made it, you go viral. It did make me go viral on TikTok. So. It, it was the dress, I think. It was like and you and your it was personality. like one it was like for every each dollar of the dress, it was like a thousand views. True. Because it was like 600,000 views. You really turned that one. I did. You turned that one. But yeah, they date in the show, Arrested mm-hmm. Development, and and the pl- character played by Mae Whitman is like a super plain girl. <laughs> like her, the gag is like, no one ever rec- like sees her. Mm-hmm. So oh, she's there that. and then they turn around and they're like, oh, Jesus Christ, Anne. And M- Michael, George Michael, who Michael Sarah played is like this like, you know, little Wait, kid. Wait, is he not? Oh, I assumed it was George Michael. Like the, I thought it was like the musician? George Michael like made a cameo. No, no, Michael Sarah plays George Michael. Plays a character, a character named George Michael. Yes, or like he plays George Michael. No, he plays a character okay. named George Michael. He's one of like the main characters okay, of the okay, show. Okay. He's in like the main family. But yeah, they I guess knew each other before, and then they had to play enemies in the show because Ramona's ex is Roxy, so mm-hmm. he had to fight her. Um, okay, I'm calling this number right now. I'm really curious what they're gonna say. Do, do, do. <laughs> the number you dialed is not in service. 
Which just says the number you've dialed is not in service. Oh, that's so anticlimactic. Yeah, you know, I thought it might be like a random reference, like the newest movie they put it in. A hundred percent. Because like I know when they have like random cell phone numbers and raps, they do the same thing. They or like, could, like buy the number and like if you call it, it'd be like a silly reference. Right. Or like websites and movies, like they always buy that website. Yeah. So they could. So if you Google it, like it pulls you up to like the movie page or whatever. Yeah. Um, that was so lame. Yeah, what? They could have bought that. Come on, Universal. You have so much money. True. They could have even been like, go to Universal Studios in Orlando. We just built another Harry Potter ride. Yeah, what? They're always building Harry Potter rides. Yeah. Okay, fun fact number five. In the original ending, Scott stayed with Knives. We didn't mention Knives yet. So Knives is... um, Poor girl. Poor girl. She's a victim. She's the victim. Yeah. She is. She's the main character. She... She could be. She's the main character of of my story. Yeah. So she's like, Scott is 22, which we mentioned. And in the beginning of the movie, he's dating Knives, who is 17, which, yes. Oh, 17. 17. Oh, in my head it was 18. No. I knew knew she was a senior. Absolutely 17. Wow. So legal, probably, I don't know Canadian statutory rape laws, but like, probably legal, but she's in high school. She's a kid. The amount of emotional development you go through between 17 and 22. Two? We're that's, 22. Yeah. Oh, my God. Would you date an... Not even a 17-year-old, because that's, like, legal questions. Yeah. Would you date an 18-year-old? Absolutely not. Never. Not even, like... I mean, there's a big difference between, like, an 18-year-old in high school and an 18-year-old in college. But, like, even Correct. then, it's like... Stop. That's inconceivable. Thinking about dating someone in high school, I... With the rap. It's just... First of all, vile mm-hmm. for the high schooler. Yeah, we're not the victims in that situation. Poor girl. Poor girl. But like, oh my god, I couldn't. Oh, I could. And never. it happens all the time, like seniors preying on freshmen. Oh my god. Please, they are essentially middle schoolers. I know, and and even in high school, like I knew we know someone who was, and this was like acceptable in high school because you're all in high school. But yeah. like seniors in high school who are eighteen, yeah. dating sophomores. Dating Which freshmen. Like, stop. It's li- a, it's embarrassing for me to be seeing that. <laughs> First of all, most importantly, embarrassing me. For me. Um, you know, to make it all about off, you. Oh my god, poor girl. Poor girl. It's always an older boy and a younger girl. Always. Because like, if it was the other way around, it'd be so weird. Everyone would be yelling at them. Everyone'd be like, huh? <laughs> How care? No, my god. But that happens all the time. All the time. It's, it's so normalizing. Like, these girls, are like, first of all, you're 18. It's illegal. Yeah, it's, it's illegal. Literally illegal. It's quite literally illegal. It's illegal. And so and so, Scott Pilgrim is dating a 17 year old, and she like the whole movie is like really obsessed with him which has its own slew of issues yeah. and we'll get into that yeah um but like he, she ends up like chasing him the whole movie while he's like falling for ramona he cheats on ramona and knives with the other one like mm-hmm. and they say cheats like he kissed each of them on the mouth like yeah. that's not cheating um but cheats for them like mm-hmm. that's still cheating i guess emotional yeah. cheating is i cheating. mean oh my god i'd freak out right i'd have a panic attack and kill him rightfully so yeah that is that is cheating but you know it's not Right, us saying sex all hush. Meanwhile, this entire podcast, we're talking about things going up my butthole. Exactly, exactly. Chris Evans. Mm, But anyway, so in the original ending, Scott ends up with knives, and in the ending that they shot, and that is in the film, Scott ends up falling in love with Ramona. They run away together, and they enter some door into the netherworld, and that's how the movie ends. 
Um, but originally it was the other way around. But then the director and the writers rewrote it thinking that Scott should end up with who he had been fighting for the whole movie, which, you know, I think is better because for so many reasons, if he ended up with knives, there's still the whole point that she is still a high schooler. She's a kid. She's still 17. Yeah. No matter what you learn, Scott, no matter how you grew, no matter how knives grew, it's gross. It's gross. So I'm glad the movie woke up because when you think about it, it was a bunch of 35, 40-year-old men being like, and then he runs away with this 17-year-old girl. Could not. Could not. That is inappropriate. Because, like, literally, even the characters, even, like, his friends are like, that's that's a kid. That's disgusting. That's a child. You're right. dating a child. Like, when's the, when's the little girl coming? Right. And, and he's so quirky. Like, he's like, what? Yeah. No, also, like, Knives and Ramona, beautiful. We got Pilgrim, Michael Sarah. The, the, you are absolutely correct. Both of those characters, Knives and Ramona, top tier. Yeah, god tier. Yeah, shall I say beautiful? Like literally tens, like maybe nines, but like uh, still beautiful. gorgeous, absolutely like, beautiful. Michael Sarah doesn't have a chin. It looks like it got knocked <laughs> off by a train. And this is how you know this movie was directed and written by men, which it was. Spoiler alert: it was. Mm-hmm. This was entirely written by men. Um, because of course oh they would God, cast Michael Sarah. Because yeah. you have to think about it this way: like these, I'm sure I don't know the director. I mm-hmm. don't know him. We're not don't friends on tea. We're not friends on Instagram. <laughs> don't know his tea. He is probably he probably is Scott Pilgrim. He looks like right. Scott Pilgrim. He was a nerdy little boy, and then he wrote this character like projecting all this shit and a like self insert, self insert. All these women are coming after him, and mm-hmm. they, he has to fight the exes, and he defeats them because he's so he uses his brains. Mm-hmm. Oh, he might he not defeats be... the chads. He defeats. We the can ch- die. We can get into the insult talk later. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. Yeah, but I think that's absolutely like so relevant. Like how masculinity is handled in this movie is very weird and i think a lot of it has to be chalked up to the fact that it was written by men like Mm -hmm. and the original was written by a man like it's very male centric Mm -hmm. and when you watch this movie you get that feeling like it's all about scott pilgrim even though he's a piece of fucking shit yeah and like so unrelatable but like also i can imagine him being relatable to certain groups of unfortunate people unfortunate because he starts the movie like and I think I think this was a very intentional choice. They casted Michael Sarah. They cast. That's grammar. They cast Michael Sarah, who is very charming and cute and like unassuming and not intimidating. Right. Like that was on purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like I feel like he operates on the same plane as Emma Stone. When oh, Emma Stone love is her. love her. When Emma Stone is in a movie, you are rooting for her. Oh, uh, every single time. Like Zoe Deschanel too absolutely Mm -hmm. like doesn't matter if she's good or bad you are rooting for emma stone Mm -hmm. except for when she was in that movie and she played a pacific Islander. oh yeah that was was really really unfortunate cancelable behavior yeah but otherwise you're rooting for her and i think that's why michael Sarah was in this but the character is undeniably from the start a piece of shit yeah oh my god we were like floored he was dating a 17 year old he thinks he's so cool but yet he's like, we he held bands. hands. Like, he's so, like, he's so um, immature in his, like, sexual yeah. development. But yet, like, very narcissistic and very yeah. sort of, like, cocky and confident. Um, and it it doesn't add up. And again, I think, like, casting Michael Sarah was a very intentional choice. Right. Um, and throughout the whole movie, I think they make him, like, this this sort of archetype of, like, the the 
nerdy guy who like has way more to offer than the world lets him offer. You know, mm-hmm. he might not be strong, he might not be super attractive, but he is so he has the heart, he has the brains, and that's why he ends up getting the girl. But I did not buy that. It's very like a fantastical escape that like I'm sure all those nerdy boys like dream about like oh everyone underestimates me but like mm. I'm secretly super super strong and I'm stronger than all these men. I can beat up girls if I want to. Absolutely. And I think I felt that when I thought I was straight. Mm-hmm. I was like, why don't more girls like me? Like, I'm a nice, like, I might be, I might not be like a football player, but like, I'm cute. Like, I can be their friend. Like, when are they going to see me as like more than a whatever? Nice guys finished last. Right. So thank God I outgrew that because yeah. like, that would have been disgusting. a domestic terrorist. <laughs> Literally, that's terrible behavior. Yeah. Um, But that, I mean, come on. Yeah. I think, I think... Um, it's so easy for men to fall into that like self-deprecating trap and Mm -hmm. that's like the whole incel vibe oh yes i could explain the incel mentality please do i think we got into it last time but give us like a like a um a crash course a crash course okay so incel means involuntarily celibate how did we describe it why did we talk about it during scooby-doo pamela anderson oh we did yeah the ghost we did okay so so um there are these four archetypes in like the incel mentality. There's the incel itself, who's like a boy who's like sad, skinny, typically a white guy mm. who has who's ugly and blames the world for having like undesirable characteristics, ugly bone structure, et cetera, et cetera. Most of the time, these boys are actually like like no one's ever actually ugly. Yeah. Like they're just like they just think they are. Um, self-deprecating self-deprecating and like sometimes actually are ugly (laughs) and then there's the veronica character who is like the ramona flowers the knives the sort of female counterpart to the incel who like but she lusts after the chad Mm. who is like the chris evans the football player with perfect bunch bone structure who lusts after the Becky, which is like a slut, essentially. <laughs> oh my god! So it's like these four characters. I did not know any of this. By really? The way. No. It's like because like I love going on these incel forums and like stirring. Because one time they oop, <laughs> I hit the mic <laughs> and I oop and I oop. One time I posted a selfie on Reddit that was like it was like a transition update. Mm. Um, and I got um someone screenshotted it and posted it on a Reddit forum. Gross. Uh, on like a incel forum. And they were, like, trying to roast me. Well, first of all, I know I'm attractive, so, like, that'll never affect me. You can't roast you. Yeah, because, like... It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because I'm either so delusional <laughs> about my about my flaws and narcissistic, or I or it's false. Uh, right. And I know it's false, because I know my value. And you're confident in yourself, which you should be, as everyone should be. Thank you. Um, so, like, that was hilarious. Uh... But yeah, the fucking incels. So like, they're I'm, everywhere. They're all over your TikTok. They too. are. They're always in my comment section. And and I love when when there's a man who like is being terribly transphobic in your comments or just like rude. I love going on their profile and seeing they never post any pictures of themselves. Yeah. If they have TikToks, their faces are never shown. Mm-hmm. It's very like common for them to start attacking others who either they feel intimidated by or threatened by mm-hmm. or just like lost after but they like don't understand what that means and then they're always the guys who are like not confident with themselves and that's the incel yeah and it's uh, what an archetype they take it out on others and like they hate trans people because they are 
Well, they hate, like, pretty trans people because, like, they are like, oh, my God, they have this concept in their head, this connotation that trans means ugly. Mm. It's like when a trans person breaks that, Mm. like, barrier, it's like, oh, well, I'm cisgender and I'm ugly and this person's attractive. That's not fair. Right. That's against the rules of life that has been written out for me. And I think we need to, like, draw up the Venn diagram of, like, turf and incel. Yes. Because they align. They do. Because it, with incel, it's very much like, yeah, like you're saying, like, break the mold. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand, like, how a trans person can be attractive. And it just, like, breaks them. And then on turf, it's like, trans people make me um, question my own gender and yeah. my own. Like, J.K. Rowling. Uh, did you you didn't read her whole letter where she was being trans? No, I like don't. I, yeah, I didn't have the time. Don't do it. I, <laughs> I, to be honest, I didn't either. Yeah, but I saw someone pull out a line where she was like, "If being trans was like a thing when I was young, perhaps I would have been trans." I'm sorry, what? Yeah, you didn't know this. Oh my god, we J.K. Rowling wanted to be a man, but uh, that's like that's probably the implication. But it's basically her being like the existence of the idea of being trans makes me question my own gender and i'm afraid of that so i'm gonna attack trans people and that 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 is why a lot of people she admit to it that is why a lot of people think she's so violently transphobic and turfy because she's like guarding her own gender which she is which makes so much sense she presents as like her name is jk rowling because she wanted to be androgynous she cuff she goes her pen name is a man robert galb whatever yeah that other shit show yeah who like didn't he um didn't like the namesake create conversion therapy yes i think miss girl miss girl come on not good but there's absolutely a lot of like similarities between those two like cultures yeah and i think tying it back to the movie yeah scott pilgrim is the incel oh absolutely and i think the movie why i didn't like the movie is because or i liked it i laughed a little bit but Mm -hmm. like why i didn't like the sort of like moral message Mm -hmm. is because I think the movie wanted us to sympathize with him, but he was very unsympathetic in my eyes. Especially to, like, us. I'm sure to, like, an insult. It would be very sympathetic, so relatable. But, like... Or in 2010. Yeah, or in 2010. But, like, to us as, like, uh, a queer man and a woman, it's just like, okay, well, I know you and I've been hurt by you. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's very much like, okay, well, shut up. Shut up. You know? Yeah. It was just very... And I I did not sympathize with him at all. Mm-hmm. I would ver- be very interested to hear from some people who perhaps did, like, empathize with him and, like, relate. Um, but not not me. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the, the difference – one of the big differences between the graphic novel and the book is in the – the graphic novel and the movie, sorry. In the graphic novel, at the end, when he's fighting the final ex, whose name is Gideon, for Ramona, at first he says, like – I'm fighting for Ramona. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, no, like, I'm fighting for me. And he gains the power of understanding. Mm-hmm. He understands how he was being rapey to Knives, mm-hmm. how he was wrong to, like, cheat on them both, why he was sort of a dick, why he was understanding. And the power of understanding um, shapes him. And, like, that's what makes him, I think, ultimately sympathetic mm-hmm. in the graphic novel. Almost self-awareness. Self-awareness. Exactly. It was like, like, I feel like a lot of people lack that. Yes. And it was like, I'm an, this character's an asshole. And the writer was basically being like, I acknowledge this. I'm aware of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and for all the movies, self-awareness, trying to be meta, trying to, like, break the genre, instead of him gaining the power of understanding, he gains the power of self-respect. I'm sorry. 
what is there to respect? That makes me so mad. It's so upsetting. The more I talk about it and the more I think about it, it actually makes me so mad because, like, why they made the active choice yes, to, to switch make it, it um, self-respect, which, like, as you said, respect what? Respect what? Respect what? Being a complete asshole, being a horrible human being. Right, and I think they were trying to be like, you have to see the good in you. Like, you have to see that you, you might not be like the other boys, but, like, you have the brains, you have the heart. Stop taking it out on women. I'm sorry. It's 2020 now. Like, mm-hmm. we don't excuse that behavior. Right. And that's why I think... 2021? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> You're so right. Oh, my God. I'm I'm resisting. Uh, no, same. I'm still in it's 2020. It's so much easier. Okay, it's like I saw a meme that was like, right now because like what's today's day like the seventh or something I think so so i saw a meme that was like today is december 38th um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2020 because <laughs> like it's still a shit show it's still a shit show and if i have to admit that we've moved on i have to like take responsibility for myself a yeah. little bit and i can't blame the year anymore i can't blame the year it's society <laughs> it's, it's still society and we live in one and we wake up wake up please wake up please please <laughs> oh my god <laughs> If anyone's listening, please wake up. Um, but yeah, it's 2021. We don't... <laughs> I'm cracking up. <laughs> wake up. Um, it's 2021. We don't excuse it anymore. And I think that um, in 2010, I don't know. I feel like people did. And that's why that's one of the big things that I think didn't age well right. with this film. Yeah. I don't know. Because like 2020. 20, I was about to say 2020, 2010. 2010. Um, 2010. <laughs> it was very much every single video game was a white male lead. Yeah. In like middle age. Every single story was about two white people. I mean, it still is. Yeah. Less so. Um, If there was a gay character that we haven't even talked about Wallace yet. We must. We must. Uh, next point. Um, every If there was a gay character, it would always be a side character if there was uh, a character of color, they'd always be a side character. Right. Like, those person groups, and, like, even women, were still, like, sidelined to, like, quirky side character. Yeah, and, and they had, like, basic white man in the lead. And even Ramona, like, I was thinking about this. Scott fights for her. Mm-hmm. Like, at, at various points in the moving movie, she fights for herself and whatever. But, like, if this movie was made in 2020 she would be fighting for her. Like, it would yeah. be about her fighting for herself, which is so much more compelling. Right. Like, her combating her past rather than Scott fighting for her yeah. and her past and gaining the power of self-respect. Like, I think that... She should have gained the power of self-respect. And she should have fought her exes herself. T. Because she doesn't. And that's yeah. the whole thing where she, like, she like falls back to the man who, like, is so abusive to her because she, like, does... She can't... Who help. chipped her? Yeah, Mike put a microchip in her head. Yeah, what? Which can we invent that? <laughs> <laughs> can we please? We can use it for good though. Okay, Joe. You can put it in the mind of like JK Rowling and yeah. tell her why. We could just be like, please, we love <laughs> Unlock you. her transness. Yeah. <laughs> His transness. Thank you. <laughs> Gender him correctly. Yeah. James <laughs> James <laughs> Carls. James Carls <laughs> Rowling. <laughs> James um, Carls. I just got that. Jeffrey Carr. Jeffrey Carr. <laughs> that's a t um but oh my god moving on Mm -hmm. this movie had a lot of queerness in it you know and it did and i had no idea and i've seen this movie a couple times i guess i just completely forgot me too because i think when i watched this movie back in the day i was in my straight era so i think i sort of like okay 
I don't know if you were the same, but when I watched something and there was like queerness in it, rather than sometimes me being like, I live for this, this is my escape, I was almost like, I'm blocking this out so I don't have to deal with myself Mm -hmm. and I don't have to come to terms with myself. I think that's probably what happened when I watched this movie. Mm -hmm. I like just didn't register that there was a gay character or a bi character Mm -hmm. or a lesbian character. Um, you know, for me, since it was more so like I, cause like for me, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. Cause like I knew, cause I could always identified with female characters mm. and like, it's not like I was like forcing myself to identify with male characters. I just never did that. Mm. So like for me, it wasn't even really about, like I had never, I wouldn't even identify with a gay male character. Cause right. like that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess I didn't have this, a similar experience. Totally. But yeah, no, like, love that you... Like, interesting that you had that. Right, no, and I think I didn't register it that way. Oh, my God. I keep getting this. I'm going to move my legs. If you hit the mic one more time, you are buying me a new one. (laughs) Okay, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there are multiple gay characters. Firstly, Wallace, who is Scott Pilgrim's roommate. Who is... Surprisingly, I was expecting him to be, like, a one-liner. He was pretty important in the story, to be honest. Yeah. He had a big part. But... I don't think they handled him super well. Mm-hmm. They did and they didn't. I think that he was progressive in a number of ways. His presence in the movie was progressive. Right. The fact that at one point in the movie, Scott was in the same bed as him and two people that he was hooking up with. Yeah. That was pretty progressive and That's funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, and funny. Wait, also, could you imagine just sleeping next to two people having, three people having sex? No. No, oh my God, I'd rather sleep outside in the cold. I would rather sleep outside in the cold. Do you want to hear like a bad thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, obviously. <laughs> Especially if it relates. <laughs> One time, um, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Oh my God, love. One time in college, like, I was hooking up with someone in my bed. We were being very discreet, but it was very clear that was I was your with roommate someone. home? Yeah, he was. Miss girl, come on. You're he better than that. He was asleep. He was asleep. Does he know? No, oh I wasn't God, friends with him. right now. I wasn't friends with him. <laughs> he was asleep year? and we were, um, sophomore year, and oh, we were okay. very quiet. Uh-huh. Um, and, and nothing was visible. So there was no way of him, like, seeing anything. That's a regular occurrence in college. Okay, thank you for validating me. I feel, like, really gross. Oh, my God, don't. That's don't a gross thing. I don't think I... I never did that. Um, and I don't... My roommate was a was a nerd, so he didn't do that either. It didn't happen. Um, but, oh like, God, wow. So embarrassing. No, no, no. But, yeah, I hear about people doing that all the time. Right. Well, one time, my friend was hooking up in his dorm, and his roommate set up a camera. <gasps> I gasped when he told me. I gasped. That's yeah. disgusting. No, literally. To okay. catch them? I think just to, like, record it. Because uh. he was a psycho, and, like, he didn't really get any, like, any, any tail himself. Uh. Um, I'm flabbergasted. Yeah. Oh my god. Ao, I threw up. That's disgusting. But anyway. Okay. So Wallace is gay, but which is progressive for 2010 to have mm-hmm. a pretty sizable supporting character be gay. But he's like fairly predatory. Yeah. He he chases after um a couple of men who yeah. like aren't clearly into him. Anna Kendrick's boyfriend. Anna Kendrick's boyfriend, who he- does turn out to be interested in wallace yeah which but it was sick- very much that idea of like turning a straight man gay yes which is like not a thing not a thing and listen is it sort of my fantasy of course oh my god obviously obviously yeah but like it's a weird stereotype to promote especially because wallace he's a sympathetic character and he's funny and i think the audience likes him because he's mm-hmm. like straight to the point and he's real but he isn't like 
nice. He isn't like the yeah, most. He's a bitchy guy. He's bitchy guy. Which like I do relate to to right. a certain extent. Same. And then didn't he say something like, "It's in I didn't oh. make up the gay rule book." Right, because he's he's cheating on his boyfriend with someone yeah. else, and that's he's like, "I didn't write the gay rule book," which is him basically saying you can cheat and like it's very mon- non-monogamous. Right, being gay means. Being gay, the rule book of being gay is that you aren't monogamous. So, like, the relationship doesn't matter and isn't weighted as much as a straight care, a straight relationship that, would be. Absolutely. Which is so, that is, I think that was the most problematic part, was that being gay automatically means you're non-monogamous, and being gay automatically means, because um, there's nothing wrong with being gay and non-monogamous. Like, that's very relatable. Like, being yeah. in open relationships and having multiple partners, that's totally... Yeah. Awesome. But this is very, like, cheating. Right. And, like, that adultery. Being, yes. Being gay is being a cheater, which yeah. that is that is what's problematic. And also that. this, like, archetype and stereotype of, like, a um, a predatory gay. Yeah. It's something we see in relation to, like, pedophilia. Like, mm-hmm. add the P to LGBTQ. Literally. Uh, let me get my gun. You know I you know I carry, right? Now I support the NRA. Yeah, literally. Like Caitlin Bennett, like get your <laughs> get your booty poop over stain, here. Get, get your poop stain skirt over here. Thank you. Um This is the second time we brought her up in the history of our podcast. Oh, and Just I love that. mention. I'm obsessed with her. Can't you make bit. a cameo? <gasps> Can we a Liberty Hangout? <laughs> hey. Don't give it a shout out. Ben Shapiro. Yeah, Ben Shapiro. Abby Shapiro, Abby Shapiro, I'm your lookalike. Come on, <laughs> come, come on. join the show. Um, wait, we have to also talk about Roxy. Oh yeah. So moving on from Wallace, there is another openly queer character who is one of Ramona's seven evil exes, and Scott keeps being like seven evil boyfriends. Ramona's like exes, yeah. and the whole movie, you're like, why does she keep correcting him? Because yeah. one of her exes is a woman, which is iconic. It is iconic, but also, but also. It's very weird how they handle it. So mm-hmm. um, there is this moment where Roxy's talking and then confronts Ramona and Scott about this. Um, and Scott's like flabbergasted. He's so shocked. And Ramona makes this comment that's like, it was just a phase. Like, it was just a phase. Which is something we hear again and again. It was very, again, very 2010. Very 2010. But I think what was the biggest problem with it for me as a bi person was this idea that like, they couldn't have her exist as bi. She had to like. I don't see why not. Why not? She, she would be. She Ramona is even every if, bi woman yeah, I know. Exactly. Come she on. She is every bi woman I know. So but, easy. So easy. But they couldn't make her bi, and she felt compelled to say, like, to protect herself and be like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, straight. I'm straight. Like okay. that was just a phase. But like, honestly, what bi woman would choose Scott Pilgrim, Michael Sarah, over both? Over the entire population of the world. Absolutely. So it's just like, shut up. Okay, you know what? That is one point for bisexuality. Mm-hmm. If she was bi and dated Scott and ended up with Scott, yeah, don't want that in my neighborhood. Um, but yeah, it's that is very biphobic. Like yeah. that, like needing to sort of be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm only interested in men now. Like that was just a phase, and not to invalidate if that is your experience. If you are um, a straight person who like wanted to try things out and you decided that's not for you. I'm all for that. But to include that in a movie yeah. so intentionally is sort of weird. Yeah. And sort of invalidates the iconic nature of having um, a queer woman be one of her exes. Yeah. Which is sickening. So it just, and like that almost comes to like the predatory lesbian yeah. archetype. Oh, she which is. Which like is very much sort of, 
it's le- it's not as common as the predatory like gay man, but like still something we see in the media a lot. Absolutely. The one thing I liked about that is Ramona says, I was just a little bi curious, and Roxy says, Well, I'm a little bi furious. Iconic. That's great. Which I love, and like every single bi person should have that tattooed. <laughs> yes. A tramp stamp. <laughs> um, I'm getting I'm a little bi furious right over my asshole so everyone knows yeah but that that was very fun um and then there was the term um hasbian which i've heard before i don't oh was that to say that she was she used to be a lesbian interesting so like hasbian that's so interesting that is interesting because like also just like shut up first of all just shut up yeah like that doesn't really make any sense it doesn't make any sense like why again i mean maybe they made her straight to throw these puns in but also like Come on. Yeah, it's like you're then you're making like you take all the points that I was gonna give this film for including queer characters and sort of showing representation. I'm taking all that shit away from you yeah. because you took you made being queer the butt of the joke. Yeah, goes back to like when we we're talking, <laughs> we we're talking about Scooby Doo and drag. Right. Being like, are we laughing with Scooby or laughing or, at uh, Scooby? This one we're sort of laughing at queer people. Yeah, rather than with queer people and. It took what could have been very empowering for 2010 mm-hmm. and made it a joke, which makes sense. Because how else were they going to get away with including queer people in a movie in 2010 yeah. that was straight to the box office, like supposed to be like sort of a big hit? Yeah. They had to sort of like put that spin on it. Same thing with like trans people in media, how they oh always like, if there's going to be a trans person, it either has to be predatory right. or super victim. Or like their, um, oh yeah, like murder victim. Right. Um, or, like, their identity as a trans person is, like, the punchline of a joke. Yes. It's like, you discover she's trans. Right. And it's it's like, like, oh, my God, let me go throw up. Yes, that's the throw Um, up thing. So, I don't know if you saw that documentary. I did, I did. Oh, my God, so interesting. Disclosure. Everyone see Disclosure Disclosure. on Netflix. Oh, my God, so excellent, so excellent. Very excellent. Um, but something about, like, bi people that I see in a lot of these movies and, like, just media in general and, like, how we treat bi people in society is that... By women, it's a phase, and they're actually attracted to men. Mm-hmm. And by men, it's a phase, and they're also actually attracted to men. It's a stepping stone to being a gay man. Right. Because, and I feel like it comes from a place of misogyny. It absolutely who is. who would like a woman? Right. Who in the right mind would like a woman? It's, it's that, and also, like, the society's impulse to center men. Exactly. It's, men are the center. Yeah. Um... Which is, yeah, very, very misogynistic. It ends up being like, how could you truly love another woman? Like, right. Or love a woman. Um, very backwards. Right. Um, do you want to touch on this little point right here? Oh, yeah. So, so there is a meme that we've seen where, and it's like a theory, I guess. Yeah. That Ramona is a representation of Scott post-transition. Yeah. So like Scott transitioned into Ramona and she's like the older version of him coming back and right. sort of like guiding him. Yeah. What do you think about okay, that? Okay, so I find this very interesting. I mean, obviously I don't think this was the artist's intention. Mm-hmm. But like it is very, it sort of like makes sense from like an aesthetic point of view because like Michael Cyro doesn't dress very like like extraordinary very mm-hmm. regular clothes and then Ramon is out here crazy self-expression like colored hair amazing clothes and that's just a very relatable um circumstance for a lot of trans people they sort of just don't dress their bodies 
very carefully or like with any regard pre-transition and they have a lot of self-expression post-transition yeah um and sort of uh i've noticed this wasn't my experience but i've noticed some um eggs as we call them in the trans community i've um, never heard of this so it's like you haven't been hatched yet oh uh-huh I so like pre-transition who are like still identifying as men they they're sort of incelly almost and like they red pill which means right. you go full far right you push your identity to the back of your mind and you take out and you like take out all of your anger on uh other trans women um other like queer people in general yeah. women and it's just very i mean i hate the idea that like all homophobes are are actually gay themselves because yeah. that's like very like no but sometimes they actually are just gay right but like this they is, actually are homophobes yeah, yeah exactly uh that's what i meant mm-hmm. um but it's just like okay very interesting so just the way each of the characters act is very pre and post transition so like yeah that's just my opinion on that yeah i think it's i think there's a lot to read from it and i think it's like fun to think about yeah totally agree with you i don't think that was the intention Mm -hmm. but i think that's what makes this movie compelling Mm -hmm. or at least one of the reasons why i think it still has like cultural currency is because there's so much to draw from it um and so much to like for us to project onto it because it's so ambiguous because it's so like pointed in its message Mm -hmm. um i think like we can sort of take these messages from it um, and I think that's very interesting when you talk about with the egg and oh yeah, that's that's, that's super interesting. Um, yeah. Um. Okay. Did we want to? Yes. Rate the boys. The most important part of the podcast. Okay. So we're gonna rate the seven evil. Well, six of the evil exes right. because one of them is a woman. We right. don't objectify women in this house. In this house, women are goddesses. Period. Period. Also, I'm not attracted to women. It would just be Dan talking. Yeah. Um. So we're and gonna if, do. And Lily, if we know anything about Liliana, she loves to talk. I, I need to talk. <laughs> I need my opinion shoved down everyone's throat, or um, I'm gonna <laughs> dump off my roof and then write a letter about to all of you. <laughs> you all are my thirteenth reason. We might have to take that out because I don't know how suicide jokes run, but oh, I'm trans it, and we have the highest suicide rate, so I think I culturally get to joke about it. I think you're probably. I don't know. I can't comment on it. <laughs> um, okay, so boy ranking. Do it. Um. Okay. Lowest to highest. Scott is the lowest because we're including him in the list. For me too. Scott is number seven. Cause like bottom ew. and bottom. Ew. Um. If any of you watch Drag Race, I think Scott Pilgrim is an uglier version of Alyssa Edwards. Because they both have very weak chins. Very weak chins. Um. And this is fu- Michael Sarah. You're not gonna hear this, but I really hope you do. <laughs> I, d- do something. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And I'm he kidding. has like now he has like a mustache yeah, uh, and everything. Shave it. Uh, it's not a look. And I think what's worse than his appearance is his personality. Yeah, he acts like a little boy. He acts like a little boy, spoiled. Yeah. Who who's compensating? Yeah. Tiny penis. Um. Uh. Then in sixth place is Gideon, who is so ugly. Oh my god. Um. Danny, you during the movie you said Gideon was more attractive than Scott. Did you change your mind? Absolutely. No, no, Gideon's more attractive I mean, than Scott. Oh yes. Wait, wait, wait. You just put Gideon more attractive oh, than no, Scott. Oh no, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. You said during the movie that Gideon was the ugliest, and I said no, he's more okay, attractive you're right, than you're right, Scott. You're right, you're right. 
Oh, you said, oh my God, how dare I'm you? I'm the one who has caught something. Yes. <laughs> you try to put me under the bus, bitch. You are the bus. I am the bus. I literally am the wheels. I'm always under the bus. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Gideon's... Okay, agree. He's, he's number six for me, too. Okay, yeah, He yeah. is slightly more attractive than Scott. He... I mean, personality-wise, he's obviously a dick. Yeah. But, you know... Honestly, he he and Scott have very similar personalities, and I think that's intentional. For sure. Um, Gideon is, like, who Scott could have become. Yeah. If he was, like, full incel. Yeah. Like, Um, have to, to like, brain microchip. (gasps) That's definitely part of the incel thing. For sure. Having to brain... The want to brainwash a woman to have sex with her. Yeah. That's insane. Definitely. Um, And then Matthew Patel, who... It's kind of attractive, and I think I've seen him somewhere else. I think so. He's the first evil ex. I think when I'm, yeah, he's he's like he's, he's wearing very 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 pale foundation. I don't know if you noticed because yes. the char- the actor's Indian, and like Matthew Patel, obviously the character is also Indian. Right. But like I noticed, he almost had like vampiric makeup on. I don't yes. know if that was intentional or I an artistic choice. He was the most ambiguous of the exes. What did he do? He like shot fire. He sang yeah. Bollywood songs. Oh, and the, he I like, love that. Actually, that was cute. And he summoned like demon ladies. Yeah, he summoned succubi. Yeah. Oh, um, good vocabulary. Thank you. But um, very confused about his character. He's number five. Yeah. I mean, I mean listen, there the... are some. The problem is there are some very solid number ones and twos. Right. He's attractive, but he's compared, like fine. compared, he's also like fine. I just he was if he's groomed properly. I've seen pictures of the actor. He's he's cute. Yes. I'm talking about the the character here. Yes, yes. He's just very not well groomed in this movie. And the pale foundation. That yeah. Um. Okay. So the next are the twins. Kanta Yanagi twins. Um. So that's Kyle and Ken. I couldn't remember which was which. They did not identify them. Yeah, I don't think they identified them. Maybe in the subtitles they did, but, like, I, I can't remember. I don't think they even talked. Um, okay, true. I don't think they... Yeah, their scene was very short. It, it was, was just the, the DJing. Right, it was just the music. Um, I found the blonde one more attractive. Yes. I don't know, you agree? Yes, oh, I agree. Okay, because they were both a little more, like... At least there was something going on. Right, right, some flavor. No, yeah. no, 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 they were both... They were both cute. I was like, okay... I see you. Um, and then this is where Dan and I differ. Yep. So for me, it goes Lucas, who's Chris Evans, and then who in second place, and then Todd, the vegan, in first place. Just because I personally, I'm like trying to picture myself in this movie, <laughs> and I know I'd fall in love with like the vegan bassist faster than like the skateboarding actor. Even though they're even though Chris Evans, oh yummy yummy. Yeah, I think. I just like Chris Evans doesn't have to compete. He's number one. He is oh, my in celebrity any crush. Movie he's in. He's he. You know what? He he's is my so basic cute. type. I I am basic for him. I will <laughs> simp for him. I I don't. He care. really is like America's sweetheart. He is, and his dick pic. Oh my god! Wait, yeah. His dick pic. It's it's thick, ladies. Yeah. It's thick. He he, he is such. He's so stupid for letting, for doing that. Because uh, didn't he leak it himself? It was an, yeah no he was like screen recording a video and then he swiped down from the video onto his pictures. Do you think that was a publicity stunt? I don't think so. But you know what? I have like a theory. What? That he's gay. Okay, tell me, tell me. I don't have any memory of him dating a woman. I don't have a single. I do not know a single woman that he's dated, which could just be him. And I'm not saying that makes him gay, but that definitely puts points in his favor. And he is like so soft. Wait, you know you're so right. He's soft. He's gentle. He's kind. He's, 
You know beautiful. he's a good. He's beautiful, but beyond being beautiful, you know he's a good person. Yeah. He loves those memes of him with the nails on. He does he's, love those memes. He's comfortable in his masculinity. Yeah, those are like ten points for him. Also, being queer. he's like no straight man's boat like that. Come on, come on, hairless like that. Oh my god, he's so handsome. He's so handsome. Oh my god, when he comes out of the 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 machine and uh, Captain America one, where mm-hmm. it's like steaming, and, and then Peggy str- Carter's like, Boop. yeah, he's like Just, dripping sweat, and she yeah. touches his pecs. <gasps> Okay, I I love her. The only points off from him in this movie is he has a chin strap beard. Disgusting. Which, like, I, as I tell Janice all the time, I'm attracted to men who I know would hate crime me just because I find it very validating. <laughs> and, like, the chin strap almost <laughs> put him higher. No. Because um, you know he'd b- punch you in the face. He'd punch yeah. me in the face. Okay, but, like, in a hot way. I know you're into that. Um, Todd, for me, the vegan is too. I, I, he's attractive. Yeah. He's muscly. I just love Point. a dumb man. He's, he's dumb. He's so as stupid. He's so, but so is Chris Evans. Okay, true. but he's dumb in like a, like a he wouldn't hate crime you way. He's yeah, too he dumb. Just for that. wouldn't understand what's going on. Right, but he is. He'd cute. be respectful. He'd be respectful. I liked him. Mm-hmm. I liked him. Yeah, the vegan thing. Love that. That's love. a great commentary. Okay, him. Okay, we haven't even touched on this. This was one of the most memorable parts of the movie. In this world, vegans have, like, insane superpowers. Yeah. Like, their eyes glow white. They have super strength. They have telekinesis. They have, like, all kinds of energy projection, which is so interesting. If I knew that that's what it took... If I, if I knew I could be vegan and I could have those powers, I'd be vegan. Oh, easily. I'd I think vegan. all of us would be. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Why would we not? Okay, literally. But I think we would all. I think we would all. And then yeah. we'd all just kill each other. We'd be so powerful. Yeah. Where the world would burn. That's what would happen if we... Okay, we're rushing. Our next episode is going to be about Sky High. Yes, it will. So maybe we can do a little commentary on like what would actually happen if... The world had superpowers. Oh, that will be next week for yeah. sure, baby. Um, but yeah, those are our rankings. Yeah, uh, you know what? Solid one and two. I just think if Chris Evans is in a movie, I'm I want to fuck him. Yeah, I'm bias, but it's it's a bias. Nepotism. I'm owning up to it. Uh huh. I'm owning up to it. Anyway, now we're gonna move on. We need to wrap up soon. We need to talk about the moments from this movie oh, yes. that made us queer. So for me, um, throughout the series, I'm more so gonna be talking about like. The female characters I really latched onto as a little kid and was like, why do I want to be her so badly? Mm. And, like, if we ever, like, played pretend, because I had, like, three brothers, like, we did that a lot. Because, like, what else were we supposed to do? Um, Like, who were the characters that, like, oh, my God, I would just want to be so bad and just, like, dress up as and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Ramona. Ramona more so than Knives. Um, I really like the one band member um, oh, with the orange hair. Oh, what's her? I don't oh, remember her name. Fuck, what's I her really name? like her. She's really cool. I know the actress. So name. pretty. Allison Pill. Yeah. I don't remember the character. Yeah. Um, she looks so different in this because she has so like a little different. bowl cut. And, and the like, freckles? Yeah, so pretty. So cute. Um, so like definitely her. I loved her aesthetic. I've more so turned into like more of an Anna Kendrick than like a Ramona. Oh, you have. Um, but like I really do love like Ramona and the whole Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing. And, like, that was definitely something that I latched onto as a kid. And, like, just that sort of archetype that we see in, like, all the John Green novels of, like, the the gorgeous girl who makes, like, the nerdy boy fall in love with her. And then she disappears. But then there's, like, a mysterious past behind mm-hmm. her. That sort of thing. It's just very, like, an alluring concept 
to want to be almost like a siren song sort of gig. Yes. Um. So yeah, I feel like Ramona. I feel like you're not alone in that. I feel like she's the imprint for a lot of yeah. women. Yeah. Because she's for so sure. she's she is the most compelling character in this movie. Absolutely. First she's of all, the, the actress, best friend, she, best designed. Right. The actress, great job. Love oh, her. Yeah. She did a really good job. She did a really great job. Um. But I think she is just like cool effervescent she doesn't have to try mm-hmm. she's confident in her choices yeah boys dream about her right like everyone i feel like everyone just knows like the tea about her and that she's just like really cool and like before like scott even dates her like everyone knows she's like so desirable right and like that's a very i mean who doesn't want to be desirable right which just makes me so mad that scott ends up with her because he's so ugly i know he's so ugly and she's like i just need to date a nice guy it's like yeah. there are other nice guys yeah. And he's not that nice. There are other nice characters, like, in the band, like, Neil. Neil. He's nice and cute. Young Neil. Young Neil. He was cute. He was. He was cute. But that's, that is sickening. And, like, lesser not. I think I didn't, I think I hated Knives as a kid because the movie makes you want to hate her. Um, But as an adult, I'm like, okay, I love her. Right. Iconic. And you are, like, I feel like you had a Ramona phase. Like, you dyed your hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You definitely. I a septum ring. You're wearing a shirt. I, you think you've outgrown it. You're wearing a thir- <laughs> shirt right now that says Thrasher. Yeah, it's a skateboarding band with, like, blue fire. Yeah. Um, so, and, like, you I haven't do, outgrown it, boo. I jumped to, like, because, like, I, I just got a lot of, like, gender euphoria from dressing like this. Dressing like a manic face dream girl, sort of. So, maybe I still am in that phase. It's cute. Thank I'm not, I'm not you. shaming you. Oh, my God. I'm just pointing it out. <laughs> Um, okay, so for you, what were some of the queer moments in this movie for you? I'm assuming, like, attractive men. Oh, for sure. For now. Mm-hmm. And th- I sort of talked about this already, but, like, I think when I watched this movie when I was younger, I didn't really, like, latch on to the queer aspects of this movie. I definitely didn't associate myself with Scott, but if I was going to, like, empathize with the character most, it would have been him. Um, but I think as I've grown into my queerness more, um, I I feel like I... I've moved past that, which mm-hmm. is great. Like I, I, I see why he's flawed. I see why he's problematic, um, and I empathize much more with all the female characters and even the fucking exes. I empathize with them. Yeah, I don't feel. I feel bad for them. They get murdered. Yeah, by Scott. Okay. But like back to that. Like, are they dead? Are they dead? Okay. Okay, you keep going. I think I they are. That. No, no, I please. They're dead. Like the, he, they get killed. And in this universe, if you get killed, you explode into a pile of coins, which is iconic. That's okay. If I'm gonna die, at least let me have like leave my family some money behind. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, as long as they're there to kill you. Ugh. What if I fall? If I fall off a fucking bridge, and then my, and then well, my all coins, coins go, go everywhere. In the water. Yeah. No, that's some Lord of the Rings shit. Oh, true. Um, but yeah, I think. It's very hard for me because I don't think I watched this movie when I was younger and really felt the queer aspects of it. I think maybe because they were like jokey mm-hmm. and they weren't like, I think when I watched movies when I was younger that were queer and like heartfelt, that's when I had those moments where I was like, oh shit, Daniel, like wake the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie, you almost don't want to identify with the queer characters. The movie forces that on you. Yeah. Just part of why I think it's not like the greatest movie it could have been. I think if this movie was made in 2020, it would have been a lot it's 2021. Oh my, oh my god, true. <laughs> you didn't even notice. Um, if this movie was made in 2021, it it would be a lot better. Yeah. Um, but I think now the moments that I'm latching onto as a queer man, the hot exes, mm-hmm. fuck Scott Pilgrim, mm-hmm. love Ramona, love yeah. knives. I'm a knife stan. Oh yeah. By the end of the movie, I was like, you were wrong. I relate to her. 
and to she, a certain extent. And when she's the end, she's like, I'm too cool for you. I was like, yeah. you are. She is. You are, bitch. Yeah. I love that part. She's so cool. She is. She gets pushed. She's a victim. She's the victim. You're a victim. You're a victim. <laughs> no, but that's. I think that's it for me. Okay. Okay, love. Now that we're at the end, we have to, as we will for every movie or TV show, rank it on a sliding scale from Twink, which is a zero, to Productive Member of Society, which is a 10. But Liliana, where is this movie for you? So for me... When I think about this movie, there's two movies. There's the one that's like, there's the one that's like interpreted, the vision I'm interpreting, and then there's the artist intention. Mm. It's like the artist intention twang. <laughs> I don't think it's very compelling at all. Maybe the only saving grace is like the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. But if I'm viewing this movie from my perspective, which is that like Scott Pilgrim is an unreliable narrator, he is narcissistic he's a bad person you're not supposed to sympathize with him and that like knives is the main character's redemption story like yeah like the moral of this story is that scott pilgrim is a bad person and people like that are bad people and they're manipulative Mm -hmm. and he is no better than any of the evil exes and like they even reference that in the movie at one point ramona's like you're just gonna be another one of the evil exes Mm -hmm. um so for that, more like a five. It's like an otter right in between <laughs> a normal human being and a twink. I see. So you're separating like what you what it could have been and what yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's it's like a four. Mm-hmm. It's like a four to five. I'm just like in a similar place as you. When I watched the movie, there were moments that I laughed. I I It was a compelling watch. I was right. not bored. Um, I it think it was aesthetically pleasing. It was aesthetically like there there were some positives. Yeah, I think um, I think the plot there were a lot of like again it sped through stuff too fast. It didn't like I didn't latch on to any of the characters. I mean, except for like Ramona, who they didn't give enough like emotional core. It was yeah. all for Scott. Um, but you know there were some compelling characters, just not enough for me. And I agree with you. I think the biggest problem was that the movie wanted us to sympathize with Scott. I think that's like. The fact that they made him earn the power of self-respect, it's an undeniable truth that we're supposed to sympathize with him. And I was unsure of that watching the movie. That was like my biggest question is like, how is this being presented? How is masculinity being presented? How is queerness being presented? And I think it just doesn't hold up. If you Mm -hmm. asked me in 2010, probably would have been a lot nicer to this movie. Maybe would have given it a seven. it was the gold standard. Most movies were like that, but now we know better. We know better and it just doesn't hold up. And um, I think for those reasons, yeah, it's like a four for yeah. me, which is like, um, how what would I rate that? I would rate it like a hunk. Mm, okay. Like a no, um, a himbo. Oh yes, uh, himbos are so wholesome. Himbos are wholesome. I love them. Like not productive, but not protective, not complex. Yeah, love them. Love solid four. Mm-hmm. Um, solid four. So yeah, like this movie has all looks, all looks, looks, no character. T T. That's ooh. That makes sense. Put that down. Trademark that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait, wait, what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying like mixed bag of a film. I'm glad that we Mm -hmm. watched this again because, like I said, everyone's talking about this movie still. Yeah, still people are talking about this movie. And the same sort of thread as Juno and and like Michael Sarah might be doing something right. He might be. We hated on him, but yeah. Are we gonna get canceled? Because we Dan and I have discussed that like uglies are gonna be the next. 
marginalized group in the world. The fact that you call them ugly, <laughs> first of all. So like, you're canceled first. No, literally. So like, in like ten years, are people gonna look back at this and be like, wow, like Dan Liliana really hated on Michael Sarah for being ugly. Yeah. So like, like ch- put them on the chopping block. Like, are we next in the guillotine? And the guillotine. Think- I pronounce the Allen guillotine. guillotine. I, wow. I think about that all the time, low-key. Like, what are we going to be canceled for? In t- like, what in 10 years that oh. we accept now is going to be unacceptable? I absolutely think you're correct that being discriminatory towards ugly people. Because, like, you can't help that. You can't help that. And we will discuss... We have to discuss this at more length in a later later time. But, like, the pretty privilege in this world. Oh, yes. We can find a movie and really... Maybe, like, Ugly Betty or something. And, like, oh, really, like, get into something about, like, uglies. Absolutely. <laughs> Uglies. uglies you do not define them by their condition you define them by their humanity True. they're ugly people True. ugly people but yeah what a movie yeah scott pilgrim versus the world 2010 directed by edgar wright okay love it was a good one it was a good one i'm glad we watched it yeah it holds up not at all but you know what fun to watch yeah. i recommend so um that brings us to the end of our episode huzzah huzzah if you enjoyed yourself please Rate and review. Give us a five star on mm-hmm. wherever you listen to podcasts. Share with your friends. Or we're coming to your house and you know I carry, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know I'll be bringing my gun mm-hmm. to your front door. Mm-hmm. Just needed you to know. Um, but yeah, give us a five star rate. Share with your friends. Mm-hmm. We're two queer people just trying to spread the word, mm-hmm. spread the love. And if you don't share, you're homophobic and transphobic. You are, and it's you're gonna get canceled. And we can know your address. We have your IP address. So. Yeah, we have your IP address. You're you're in this deep. <laughs> <laughs> you're in this deep, baby. So yeah, we tracked. You know how it only takes like what five seconds to like track a call. Like that's what we're doing right now. Oh. That's immediately, that's what I'm doing. As we speak, I'm typing in the computer. So, yeah. That's it. But if you um, leave us some recommendations for films. Mm-hmm. We love taking recommendations. Give us some weird cult classics. Some, yeah. Especially if it has like a touch of queerness in it. Yeah. Or something to talk about. Tell us why you want to talk about it. A movie it. we haven't heard of, even. Oh, I love that. That'd be interesting. Or critique us. Give us yeah. five stars. But if you give us five stars and critique us, we'll take that into consideration. Yeah. Maybe tell us that, like, my voice is too beautiful. Yeah. Or, like, we talk about things and we're too smart. Like, oh my God, critiques yeah. like that. Like, I think we'd love to hear that. <laughs> we need to be more relatable to the lay folk. Right, right. Mm-hmm. To the to the, to the the townies. My royal education. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just too high and mighty. I'm just, Sorry. I'm just too high and mighty. We yeah. um we're better than you. Yeah. But thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Ellie. Ellie. Mwah. Mwah. Love you, baby. Bye. Bye.